0: Hey. Where are you going? In there. I live here. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm Arya Stark. This is my home. <laughs> Arya Stark's dead.
1: Send for Maester Lewin, or
0: Sir Roderick. They'll tell you who I am. There's no Roderick here. Maester's name, Walcombe. Go ask Jon Snow, then. The king in the north. He's my brother. He's a thousand miles away. <laughs> Look, it's cold and we're busy, so you know. Best book off. Winter is coming.
1: You're listening to the Watchers of Westeros.
0: I am the King. A Game of Thrones podcast. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win, or you die. Fire cannot kill a dragon. Lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of a sheep. You've also heard the phrase, Lannister always pays his debt." For the night is dark and full of terror. What good is power? you cannot protect the ones you love. We can avenge them.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Watchers of Westeros, a Game of Thrones podcast. We're here to discuss Season 7, Episode 4, The Spoils of War. Now, it it feels like we were just doing one of these, like, two days ago. And and, uh, it's because we were. We were. And and, uh, like we promised, we'd try and... uh, get this one out not the day before the episode uh comes out and so instead we're recording the day after the episode comes out and what an episode it was lots and lots to get into here this week on the watchers of westeros but first introductions are in order if you're new to the show or you've forgotten who we are that can happen uh we're not going to do the long uh drawn out extended intros this week uh i'll just say this my name is dominic and joining me Live from the Weatherspoons in Darwin, England, having just finished watching The Spoils of War moments ago, it's my good friend and co-host, Kieran Duggan.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. And I have to say that is such a great introduction. I mean, it's almost like you were here in the room to get that level of detail, um, (laughs) because there are people in England who don't even know what Darwin is or where Darwin is, and yet here you are, the Canadian podcast host (laughs) is... More attuned to geography in England than most people in England. Are. Oh God! If you so, if, I thank if you, you for me,
1: that. Okay, oh if you ask me to point it out on a map, I, I would, I would have no <laughs> idea where it was. If, if you, if you it, hadn't said it t- 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 ten minutes ago, I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would have just been like, yeah, it's somewhere well, in England, somewhere across the
0: pond. It's, it's, it's in the north of England, and, and the thing the is, it's exactly to me. This is very comparable to Game of Thrones because we say talk about Jon Snow as king in the north, but if, if you had to say so which northern cities are you actually king of? I think we'd be sitting there going, well wait, there's Winterfell and then there's um and then there's um <laughs> There's Bear guess, Island the next ba- question.
1: There's Bear Island. <laughs> we, we we got Bear Island. We've got um yeah. I could name some of the families. <laughs> I could name some of the families, but I don't know if I could name <laughs> the other castles or the other places. So yeah.
0: See, then we'd be struggling. So yeah. I, I think it's fair than that uh, people in England don't know where Darwin is. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah what 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 an interesting experience to be actually not only am i recording this in a spoons, which is i guess weird enough but i actually watched the entire episode in (laughs) spoons as well and didn't really get many odd looks which i was worried i would um particularly in an episode like this where there were fuller moments of shock horror and uh and a lot of surprise elements to this episode um I know we've only t- talked about the last episode recently, so that's probably why it's so fresh in my mind. And what we discussed, not really necessarily how I thought it was going to play out this episode. So wow. I look forward to getting uh, deep into discussion about it.
1: Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. There's there's lots and lots to talk about. It this really was. Um, yeah, for the shortest episode ever, they uh, they crammed a lot into it, and and so much happened. I mean, this that incredible action sequence there at the end with the dragon and uh, Jamie and Braun facing off with Daenerys, uh, that was incredible. We had John and Danny having their little moment in the cave. John reunited with Theon, which was just one of several reunions of characters who haven't been on screen together since season one. So John and Theon uh Arya and Sansa Arya and Bran there there's there's an insane amount of reunions right there and we could almost almost throw Tyrion and Jamie as another reunion although they didn't actually meet Tyrion just kind of saw Jamie. so loads happened in this episode uh but there's one thing we have to start with and this is something that doesn't get said nearly enough and that is that Bran Stark is still a dick
0: you know what that was the first thought that came to my (laughs) mind when i saw him in this episode i thought dominic is not gonna like bran do do elaborate
1: this guy this guy he you know mira mira reed she's the real she's the real mvp here she's the hero of this of his story she dragged him from the wall back or dragged him from wherever the hell the three-eyed raven was uh, to the wall and then back to Winterfell Uh, as she pointed out, Jojen died for him, Hodor died for him, Summer died for him, Leaf, who may very well be the last children of the, child of the forest, what's the singular for children of the forest, child of the forest, I don't know Um, uh, died for him Uh, the three-eyed raven died for him Uh, and you know, she's like You don't need me anymore. He's like, Yeah, I don't. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. (laughs) Like, come on, Bran. Come (laughs) on, man. Show a little compassion. Show a little compassion. Like I did like that Sansa had to warn Arya that, you know, like you know, she's like Bran's home too, and we cut away, but you have to know that the next the next line out of Sansa's mouth would have been, Yeah, and he's a real dick now, so just be ready. He's he's not he's not the Bran we knew. Um but yeah, no, good old good old brand. I he, he and, but you know to his defense, you know he yeah he 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 really fucked fucked things up with Mira. But he he did learn a little bit. Like his way of proving his power has improved since. Hey, remember when you were raped? Uh you know <laughs> he he did bring up for Littlefinger. He brought up one of Littlefinger's greatest moments in the show, which is chaos as a ladder and that phenomenal speech from season mm. three. I I'll say. I tell
0: you what, that was such a such an interesting scene that really mm. wasn't it uh, it was weird to see those two characters together alone it's not really what i was expecting i don't know about you
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i wasn't expecting to have that scene and you know you had been all hyped about that knife and, and what it could mean or that dagger and then it's just you know little finger little <laughs> like you should have this because it tried to kill you with it or whatever he however he sounds um yeah i
0: know it's such a weird thing as well when you think about it <laughs> mm-hmm. here's the weapon that tried to kill you, you yeah can have it as a gift. Yeah, it's like whoa, yeah, crazy really. or not. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I did like he like said with the chaos is a ladder line was mm-hmm. then the the reaction of Littlefinger, which yeah. is sort of he knew that he couldn't play it anymore with yeah. like Brand. He knows he's, um, he's
1: up against a, an opponent now who can, like like we talked about last week, has the literal internet, literally has the, or I guess like doesn't literally have the internet in his head, but basically has the internet in his head mm-hmm. and can see anything, anywhere, can anytime. See what we're seeing, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe even he has glimpses of alternate futures as some people have speculated, um, speculated he was alluding to when he talked to Arya, where he almost seemed mm-hmm. like. He had seen a version of the future where she didn't turn back to Winterfell and she kept going to King's Landing to get Cersei. But you know, I like. It's good that he he has that, and 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 that was his way of proving to Arya was that he realized that he um, or that was that she she he told her that she he had seen her in his visions. So it's he's improving, he's improving marginally, but that was still like, come on, that better not be the end of uh of Mira Reed's contributions to this show because that would be that would be disappointing i i hope you know i was hoping that that she was saying i'm gonna go get my dad and bring him back here mm-hmm. seeing as he seems to be the only person alive who may know the truth or have some evidence without tapping into the tree internet uh, about what uh, <laughs> what happened with uh, John's the, – the true situation surrounding John's birth. Uh, but yeah, the, the chaos is a ladder thing. I just want to go back to that for a second. But you know, when Littlefinger said chaos, I instantly thought chaos is a ladder. And then Bran said it. And I'm like, ooh, such a good moment. Such a good moment. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Bran. Step it up, buddy. Still got a ways to go. Uh, but let's talk but, about some some more uh, Stark reunions, shall we?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead. I, I just wanted one final point on Bran, which mm-hmm. was I was sort of still questioning a little bit why why he's at Winterfell if he feels so distant. And this perhaps links on to reunion question you last going to ask, but he seems so distant from his relatives yeah you know, his siblings well you almost couldn't tell that he had any compassion for them before and and he said that he's not Fran stark anymore so yeah. why is he there mm-hmm. well yeah and, really? Mir- and, and like uh, Mir- i want to know what the character's motivation is is mm-hmm. what i'm trying to
1: say well we do know winterfell has that that god's wood where they have the face trees that he can connect to the the that's tree internet true. with so that's probably uh, a part of it and the other thing is he did Say he needs to see John. He needs to talk to John. And uh, everyone, everyone
0: wants to talk to John. Everybody wants no to, talk- <laughs> to talk to Sansa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, poor Sansa. Um, but uh, it seems like. Um yeah, it seems like he's going to have to use some, uh, tree email, tree mail, <laughs> if you will, uh, to contact John next week based on that next time trailer. Um, uh, but yeah, let's get into those, those other reunions. We get Sansa and Arya back together. And, uh, it, it was a, it was a it, that was an interesting scene. Uh, you know, they're, they're standing in front of the, uh, the statue of, of Ned Stark, uh, and that statue, by the way, you know, Arya's complaining it doesn't look like uh Sean Bean. i uh, it looks way better than just about any like you compare it to the statue of Liana that's down there that we saw back in season one, and then you see what Liana actually looks like in the season six finale, is like, you should be happy with this kinda sorta looks like Ned as opposed to that other one that's just kinda like somebody kind of rounded off a, a stone and, and put a nose on it kind of thing. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's much, uh, it's much better. But I did like, you know, when that because uh, because Arya's reunion with Sansa, that would be kind of an interest. That'd be kind of a weird one because they didn't really get along. Y- you know, it's a little bit awkward and they're, they're both in such different positions. Like when, John and Sansa reunited, even though they didn't really get along either, or we never really saw them interacting. Um, their reunion was like, it, it was, this is the first time any Starks have re-reunited, and they were both just coming off of like the worst times of their lives. So to see each other, um, it was so, uh, it's so dramatic and, and important and, and heartwarming. Heart, not heartbreaking, heartwarming. Uh, whereas with Arya and Sansa, they're both they both are still coming off pretty awful things but some time has passed and some good things have happened too arya took out all the phrase sansa uh is now lady of winterfell and and so their reunion played a little bit differently than uh john and and sansa or even sansa and Bran. uh what did you think of of that reunion
0: i thought it, was, it felt a bit off, didn't it? You know? And I think that was the whole point of it. It didn't feel like a proper family reunion. Had that been, I, if, even if that had been, say, season three or four, uh-huh. I, think, I think it would have been a much more tighter embrace and they would have been really, really happy to see each other. But because of what's happened, particularly in seasons five and six to these characters, they're very different. Um, and it's, but what's funny in a way is that somebody like Sansa, I think, and maybe Arya to an extent, they may look at each other as though they're the people that they remembered in season one. Uh, you know, Sansa, I think initially would still look at Arya when she was like, oh, you've got that list as though, oh God, she's still a bit of a child really, you know, she's Mm -hmm. got lists. Somebody really going to do anything with that list, though. Until um, she realizes, as well, looking at Lady of Winterfell, yeah. thinking, "Oh God, remember when you were like my sister? You were so annoying, like Now you're, yeah." You know, there's a little bit of tension, maybe, mm-hmm. and that's why when we come on to the later scene with Arya, Brienne, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I think that's when I think perceptions change, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Do do you, do you sort of agree with that? Yeah, theory? no,
1: I I do definitely. It's it seems like they they don't really know how to feel about being reunited. Like they, cause like I said, they didn't really get along. They were always fighting before and, and they both thought the other one was stupid for what they did. And now, you know, here they are a pair of survivors having been through everything they've been through. And, and and now they're sort of trying to figure out what their position actually is. Like is, uh, you know, I think Arya has a better sense that, that Sansa is actually, in control, in command, that Sansa's actually doing leadership ladylike things. Uh she's not just sort of playing at being princess the way she did as a child. Whereas I think I don't think Sansa quite realizes what Arya is in this scene. I think Sansa sees Arya and she still sees someone who's very much uh the the child that she was when they last saw each other in King's Landing. Because, you know, Arya if we remember because from the surface level, it, you could see how somebody could perceive, okay, Sansa, Lady of Winterfell, Princess, what she always wanted to be, essentially. Um, Royal or Lady of the Court or whatever. Um, Arya, she – when they last saw each other, she was playing with wooden swords. Now she has a real sword. Has she really changed all that much? And it's like you said. It's the scene with Brienne. Where I think uh, Sansa realizes, "Oh no, Arya is an assassin now. (laughs) Like this list is not some hypothetical. Wouldn't it be nice if uh, if if these people all died?" Um, Which I think should be the which I think should be the name of the episode. Uh, And uh, instead, she is uh, she's it's a real thing that has that people the people on it are going to be brutally murdered by this very skilled, <laughs> skilled warrior
0: well exactly and uh i mean to be fair i think S- sansa's initial impression changes i don't know if we're ready to move on to the scene but between bran sansa mm-hmm. and Arya at, at, the, at the tree
1: yeah well that, that's the moment because like Arya when Arya says uh, it's the list of it's my list of names of people I'm going to kill they kind of laugh it off it's the same thing as when she told Ed Sheeran and his Lannister soldiers that they were <laughs> that she was going to kill the queen they just kind of laughed it off um
0: well bro, no t- the Sansa didn't in the second meeting no. and i think she got worried
1: then yeah yeah exactly that's what i'm saying is in that first oh, meeting sorry. in front of in front of the statue of Sean Bean they uh they they talked about you know they they kind of laughed it off and in that second meeting because Sansa I mean we you know Bran is still a dick but he did very much prove his powers to Sansa last week Um and in this moment now he's not just um you know so she understands so she knows that if he's saying something like that it has to be true or there's truth in it and so when Bran brings up the list of people that she's going to, to kill all of a sudden it becomes a lot uh, a lot more real for Sansa and then The fight with brienne and you know brienne i think is probably you know the greatest female warrior that sansa's ever seen uh undoubtedly so at least until this uh this moment and there's Arya, her little sister who was who liked to play with swords and and use or like to play you know knight with sticks you know like was fighting with the butcher's boy um and and that's how joff and then beat up joffrey and stuff like here she is all of a sudden Uh, not only matching Brienne but kind of besting her almost it was sort of when they both started when Brienne started trying not like you know letting the little lord lord lordling lord lady the little lady lord I don't know uh letting Arya win um you know once Brienne started actually trying they basically fought to a draw like Brienne had her sword at, at Arya's neck and Arya had the dagger at Brienne's neck so it was kind of like a draw and, and Sansa yeah. walked away and I- I'm still not a 100% sure how to read that scene like is is Sansa scared of Arya is she jealous is- are we going down that road like I almost expected the next shot to be Sansa down there with her own sword saying teach me um but uh it didn't go that way and based on the inside the episode with with uh, Benioff and Weiss it seems that that wasn't her thought. It was more she was kind of scared by Arya. I don't know. How did you read that scene?
0: Uh, I thought it was an interesting scene. Really, like I, I, it was. I mean, as soon as like it wasn't just Brienne and Arya, but it was Littlefinger and Sansa. It, it just suddenly became, I thought, a very important scene for for how the rest of the season will go. In my opinion, I th- I think Sansa walking away. I don't know, really, because that, cause when Arya and Brienne looked up at Sansa, They it was smiling. It was yeah. only when they saw Littlefinger on his own that their expression suddenly changed. That was what I noticed more as the striking moment. But well, I, I thought perhaps, it was the fact—I
1: thought their their expressions changed because they saw that Sansa had kind of walked away. Like, she wasn't in on the, on the joke.
0: Are you sure— I don't know, really. I thought it was Littlefinger, to be honest, because then Littlefinger had to give that sort of weird, like, ooh, okay, hello, like, you know, <laughs> trying try to pretend that he uh, is a nice guy. Because Brienne doesn't like Littlefinger. She she said as much at the beginning, like, why is he still here? Maria, mm-hmm. as well, you know, if you think about before she's even met him... and she was like, you know, what? You know, why is Littlefinger here? I, I didn't even know he was in Winterfell. And Sansa's like, well, you know, we need him for, you know, he, he's, he's now aligned with Starks. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. But it's weird, though, because it does show that bit of a divide, though, doesn't it, even where the characters are placed. Maybe, maybe it almost looks at, you know, Sansa and Littlefinger are up above and Brienne and Arya are down below, so maybe they're looking sort of down on them a little bit as well. It, it could be that sort of symbolism, well, but also the fact that maybe yeah. they're two different sides at this point.
1: Yeah, well, I and, think it's it's definitely you know the same way that 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 we were to- talking before this season about you know how how are Sansa and John going to get on? I think the the conversation has sort of shifted, or that that dynamic has shifted to how are Arya and Sansa going to get on? Because, like we said, they didn't really get along when they were children, and now that they've reunited. Are they going to fall into those old routines? And, and you know, the fact that, you know, I I, I honestly, the fact that Littlefinger is there in that scene at all, I I don't think it, it, it really matters. Other than, you know, if Sansa feels isolated, that's a situation. He's just witnessed that Sansa is now feeling isolated and that's a situation that he can benefit from. I don't think he really, I don't think he matters to Arya and Brienne. Like, I don't think they, I think they're concerned about him in general, but I don't think they, they see him watching them and think, oh, this means something. I think more they, they, they knew that Sansa was up there and that she had left. And, and that is what was, uh, what was cause for concern. But we'll find out. We'll find out what, what all of that, what all of that means. But yeah, interesting, uh, interesting family dynamics taking place in the north uh how about uh how about dragonstone how about we go to dragonstone next because uh, some interesting uh interesting stuff happens there uh john and danny john and danny so uh, i i'm guessing you haven't had a chance to watch the inside the episode yet uh have you kieran
0: i have not seen the inside the episode yet sadly yeah uh, i'm just coming off of only merely watching the episode, so that that is my bad. But <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I, will, I will do. So enlighten me, please, about yeah. what, what it was, what so, was. said.
1: in there, um, Benioff and Weiss, they talk about the the John and Danny scenes, and they sort of start to they, they say that you're supposed to get the vibe that um, John and uh, and Danny are starting to develop. Feelings for each other, maybe some kind of little crush. Um, I didn't get that. I didn't get that from the episode. Did you?
0: I didn't get it until that mentioned it. Yeah. Then I thought it was really weird.
1: Yeah, and and at that point, at that point, all you really get is that John thinks Danny has nice boobs. Like that—that's all there really is from that scene. I—I—I didn't—I didn't get that feeling, but apparently that's the way it's going. Um, I got it more. I felt it was maybe there was more of like a platonic respect that was being built between the two of them. Um, clearly they were both in awe of what they were seeing in those caves. And, and then later, uh, Danny actually asks John, his opinion on, uh, on what they should do. But yeah, I'm not getting the, uh, they're falling for each other vibe here. It it seems more to be, uh, just a little bit, uh, just, just like, Hey, you know, that first meeting was tense, but we're going to try and and be friends because we both, are very passionate about what we believe and we think the other one can help them help us.
0: Well, exactly. And I don't really understand why that sort of concept needs to be introduced, particularly when we know that they are related in a way. And that, that just makes it creepy. And that is just, it's almost a stealing an idea of star wars let's be honest <laughs> we've done that seen it on t-shirt yeah uh, exactly yeah no but on, on a serious note I, I feel like there's enough going on really without them having to become a love interest and it's not really something that it doesn't need to happen that, yeah. that, that's it really and, and uh, the question you ask you have to ask yourself is how does it enhance the storyline and Well, I think think it complicates it, and maybe that's supposed to be the reason for it. But there's enough complications going on in Danny's storyline that John doesn't need to be a love interest complication, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the only way it sort of works, like to me, is is uh, you know at the end of last season, Danny broke up with Dario basically because she said she had to be open. Or at least be seen to be open to marriage, because the best way to make alliances is, is through marriage. And in this episode, they have that scene where Danny basically throws John's words in his face, which she, she doesn't realize she's doing it to him. But she says to him basically what he said to Mance Rayder back at the beginning of season five. You know, yeah. she she kind of says to him, you know. Don't uh, don't sacrifice your people because of your your pride, um, to which John should have taken a page out of Mance Raiders book and said, fuck my pride. Um, But instead, he's just kind of went silent as uh, as John is want to do. So I could see a situation where they could get married so that they could both retain their titles. You know, John, she wants John to bend the knee. She wants him to become lord snow of winterfell instead of king king john or king snow as as davos i did like that scene with davos where he's trying to figure out what to call john he's like king snow no that doesn't sound right king john um you know i did like that scene but uh but you know that way they could both retain titles she would be queen and he would be king um but beyond this sort of immediate uh threat deal threats that they're dealing with I don't know how that would really work because John would want to be king in the north and stay in the north and Danny would want to be queen of the seven kingdoms and stay and stay in the king's landing and so I guess it could be they could do a long distance thing maybe uh, maybe maybe Bran can set them up with tree mail accounts Um, or (laughs) that's his real job yeah that's his real job that's what he's there for Um, or maybe you know with dragons they could just fly back and fly (laughs) one could fly to king's landing or to winterfell every other weekend uh but it's uh it's a it's a tough it's a tough egg to scramble i think yeah uh, is, is what we're dealing yeah, with
0: yeah it's one of those ones where you just know it's not really gonna work <laughs> I yeah think, i think that's the other thing is that it's just if maybe you think a storyline has legs you might go with it but i i just it doesn't even feel like a red herring. It just feels like an obvious thing that's just not going to happen because we know that they're <laughs> related yeah. and it would just be so weird. Uh, but what what it, what it may do, though, is show that there is a connection between the characters, at least in terms of maybe with the dragons and stuff. That could be really interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. Because John makes a lot of comment. Well, he made a comment, didn't he, about the whole, um, you know, what what almost saying, what should you use the dragons for? And he was like, well, I wouldn't use it in a way that... He, you are planning to use it, yeah. John uh, says. John shows bas- a different philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm. John, John basically echoes what Tyrion's been saying all season. You know, Tyrion's been saying, "Don't use the dragons. Don't be, don't be the butcher queen." Um, to borrow a phrase from a past season, uh, you know, don't just just uh, you know stick to the plan. Blockade King's Landing. Be the hero, not the the conqueror, and. Danny is clearly upset, as she should be, as everybody I think on on her side should be. I mean, they lost they lost Yara, they lost Dorn, um, the Unsullied are a thousand miles away. They lost Highgarden, like basically all of her allies in the Seven Kingdoms are gone. The only her her only forces now are the ones that she acquired in Essos, like the 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 Greyjoy's gone, uh, Sand Snakes and Dorn gone. Uh, the Tyrells gone. All of these sort of um, homeland allies have fallen, and and she's just basically got, you know, what Tyrion was trying to avoid using, which was the the other the external forces, essentially. Yeah, the foreign invasion. Foreign invasion. There you go. That was the word I was looking for. Foreign. Um. So it's it's interesting because John does give essentially the same advice, and as we know, Danny does not listen. Um, but, and, and maybe that was sort of, maybe that was supposed to be another one of those moments where we're starting to see some kind of, uh, relationship blossom. But then, but even then it seemed more like she was just desperate looking for somebody else to ask for another opinion. She wasn't Mm. turning to John because she loves him or anything, or even has a, has a crush on him. Or, or anything like that it, it seems it, it seemed more like well you're a military commander what do you think you 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 give your opinion because these guys have not have not done the job well enough
0: yeah it was sort of a way of being like uh john just give me some support yeah please <laughs> just say my idea is good and then <laughs> I, do it. Uh, I mean she ends up doing it regardless but i think yeah. that's that was really like you said, why she asked. And yeah, she clearly didn't get the answer she wanted because she then went off and just did it anyway. So it's uh, it's one of those moments really where I think. Daenerys, in a way, was listening to what Olenna was saying. Still, that was as much in the yeah. back of her
1: mind. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I, I think this that's is really
0: what made us swing in this scene.
1: Well, she basically, she basically uses Olena's words against Tyrion. She says, "Enough
0: clever plans,"
1: you know, like because that was that was Olena's thing. Like, you know, I spent my whole life listening to clever men. You know how I survived? I ignored them. And her thing was be a dragon, so Danny did basically the closest thing to being a dragon, which is riding a dragon.: and
0: Which is weird in a way, because then when you look at that, I guess we can link on to the other scenes soon, but in some respects, initially at least it seems like Danny was sort of proven right a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. and, and it'll be I mean, at what cost?: but. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, before we get to the big battle. I do want to briefly uh, touch on the other season one reunion, which was John and Theon. Mm. Um, what did you think of that scene?
0: I think it played out as it should have done. Like I, <laughs> the two of them together, I thought it was. I thought it was a great. Uh, it was so well acted because you could tell, like straight away, the tensions. there. The tensions there from the start, and the moment at Theon. Almost in a. If you compared that Theon to season to season one Theon, season one Theon would have tried to crack a joke and been like, "Oh, look, he's the he's the he's the look at that that one's your Snor. He's the, hey, of the it's the king of the
1: north. <laughs> you know, he yeah, been, yeah, exactly.
0: Whereas now it's like, oh my god, like this is John, like I've done so much wrong, and look at him compared to me. He's king in the north, and and John was like, I, I, I think. He was right. Like, if, if, if if Rick, sorry, if I was about to say Reek. <laughs> if, if Theon <laughs> had not uh, helped Sansa, I think that John probably. I mean, Theon would have been where he was anyway. But point being, to say that was played out in a different alternate universe, and John probably would have beaten the crap out of him.
1: Yeah, uh, as in Ingen- the same way he
0: did to Ramzu. Yeah, all right.
1: And and because, not
0: because because Theon did so much wrong up up to that point. In Jon's mind, like if the lasting memory would be of what he did with the Stark kids, then
1: yeah, well, wow, but even even else? then, even then, I mean, Theon told Sansa that that he didn't actually burn Brandon and Rickon, so John would know that, and he obviously he saw Rickon, however briefly, um, last season, but still, he betrayed Rob, he burned Winterfell, you know, like he did all of these, uh, did, and basically cost Rob not only the war but his life uh and Catelyn, although I, I feel John would be less concerned about that um but that still so he, even though even though theon didn't actually burn uh brandon rickon uh john still has uh plenty to uh uh want to beat the beat the crap out of theon for oh, definitely.
0: um but i what about you what was your view on the scene
1: yeah it's um it's what we were it's a it's it's a it, it, i would have liked it i would i wanted to see more i i've i've wanted to see more of theon all all season, uh, or at least the last two episodes. Ever since uh, he jumped ship on Yara, I, 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 you know, we got the quick scene of him last week being rescued, and then this week, uh, them showing up. I would like to see more from Theon, and and I think that, um, Theon's story is is maybe a little bit of a casualty of what we were talking about last week, which is just the the expedited, uh, speed at which this season is going. We're not. This is a character who I I think we should probably spend some more time with because we we've spent we committed a lot of this show to his to his story and and it, it seems like there's more that could be done to explore where he is right now and an extended reunion with john could have been one way of doing it hell just having him have conversations with the other people on the boat could have been one people, one way of doing it, the other great joy men, that is. Um, but instead it, it seems like it's, it's being constantly pushed off to the side and, and, and I, I'd like to see it revisited sooner rather than later. And I think, you know, if, if this were a different season and we had 10 episodes, we might have gotten, uh, we might get, we might have gotten a little bit more from Theon and, and, and seen, how he's dealing with things because he just, you know, he just betrayed his sister. He just abandoned Yara in, in while well, she was captured by Euron. And, you know, after, you know, after everything he did to, you know, to shed the, uh, the identity of reek, he, he fell back into it. And that's not, let's not even, uh, not even bring up what got him to be reek. Um, you know, after everything he's been through, I would like to see how he reacted to him falling back into his uh, old habits uh, and of, of the worst time, one of the worst times of his life.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll find out when Danny comes back. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's that that's the thing is we are probably, you know, they're they're <laughs> waiting to see what happens when when Danny comes back, but.
0: Yeah. Well it's gonna be a lot of uh, more more reunions to come it seems. But yeah, I think I think that, that reunion between John and Dion, like you said, sort of maybe exemplified this episode of just reunions really, of characters gone by and it was it, it was I think it was a nice build up, but like you say, perhaps more would have been better.
1: Yeah, it, it seemed like that scene was more there just to establish that Danny had left. Like that that's- it, it, rather than being about Theon or about John and Theon, uh, it was about just sort of getting that line from Davos that the Queen's not here anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I but I I still I want I want a I want a longer reunion between John and and, and Theon. I think they have a lot to talk about. <laughs> they have a lot to to go over. Um, and and maybe maybe John will get. Some will gain some sympathy for Theon. I don't think he'll ever be able to fully forgive him, but I I would like to. I'd like to see that play out. I'd like to see some more exploration. But, anyways, it it was all it it was all in service, like we said, of of getting to this next bit, which was the uh, the attack by the uh, by by Drogon and the Dothraki. We see the Dothraki uh, Dothraki horde attack. The Lannister and Tarly forces. Among the uh, combatants in this, we had Jamie, we had Braun, we had uh, Randall Tarly, Dickon Tarly. Um, I, you know, good old Braun never, uh, never misses a chance to, to, to point out that some of these names are a little bit weird. Uh, and, uh, and on the other side, Danny and Drogon with Tyrion watching. Um, first off, just the battle itself was pretty incredible pretty incredible it, i mean you take uh take yeah, hard yeah. home and the battle of the bastards and combine them and you basically get this uh is the best way i can the best way i can put it um but what did, what did you think of the battle uh karen
0: oh it was great and i think you described it i couldn't you couldn't describe it any better than that it was a combination of those two episodes and but one particular moment in this battle that struck me was Bronn, and it had this sort of camera moment where it just followed him consistently. Yeah, which, which and it they was did. Like, that was like John in Battle of the exactly, Bastards.
1: Exactly, yeah. Completely
0: like that scene. <laughs> I, was, I was all for it, but I was also terrified because I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah. Bronn's a big character, but he's not Jon Snow. So that <laughs> probably means he's going to die. And he didn't die.
1: He didn't die, but, no. Uh,
0: but but these are some of the characters. I mean, you briefly spoke before this episode, and I said to you, said, to you Dominic, that there are a number of characters who I thought were going to die, and didn't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can name them now. I thought I thought Littlefinger was actually going to die in this episode because there was a lot of him, surprisingly. Uh, I, but I also thought that Dickon was definitely going to die yeah. because I was like, who is this random Tali that they're focused? I was like, he's gone. He's like, he's going to be one of those people where they're like, oh, oh I've, I've survived my first battle and it was not quite what I expected. Yeah. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe he is dead, but it, it just seemed like. And then, and then when he saved Jamie's life, I was like, he's definitely gone. But then <laughs> the other one was Bron, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was the other example there, but going back to the battle as a whole, I thought it was incredible, and uh, as, as soon as they were like, oh, I hear something, I was like, right, we're in for a big battle here, in for yeah. a big battle, and, and it, and it was much better than I expected. Oh uh, yeah. But, well, I, I think... mean, you say it was a battle, but you could really argue it was more like a
1: massacre. A massacre. Yeah, you that's 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 why it's it's hard home meets the Battle of the Bastards. Like it's it's a massacre, but it was. Um it was shot more like a uh, battle of the bastards, I guess when it comes down to it, like you, like you said, it was that, that one shot of, of brawn that, um, I'm pretty sure there were some action that, that, wasn't all one take. Um, cause there would seem to be a few places where the camera went to things that were entirely CG, which could have allowed them to do a, 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 do so do it in more than one take. Whereas the John one felt like it was all one take, even if it may have not been, uh, but still it was very, it was very effective. It was very well done. Um, But yeah, you know, you you compare it to Hard Home and that it's a massacre. You compare it to Battle of the Bastards in some of the ways in which it's shot. Um, I would also compare it to the Battle of Blackwater Bay from Season 2 in this regard. uh, If you think about the other big battles that we've seen since then, uh, Season 4, we had the Battle of Castle Black, Season 5, Hardhome, Season 6, Battle of the Bastards. Uh, In all of those cases, there's been one clear good guy and one clear bad guy uh you i guess you could make the case with with season four mance wasn't a clear bad guy but it, it was still pretty clear um it, at least the way it played out in the episode it the side who you were rooting for um was very much uh it was was very clear um whereas in in uh the other one blackwater bay Really, as, an, as the audience, we, seeing as we know how awful the Lannisters are, we should be cheering—the and the Lannisters and Joffrey, in particular, because it's back in Season 2—we should be cheering for Stannis. should be rooting for Stannis to, to take the city and win the battle. But because it's Tyrion leading the Lannister defense, you're never really sure who, you're, who you want to win. And you kind of find yourself rooting for the Lannisters, which you don't always do. And I kind of felt that way about this one because, again, we should be rooting for Danny to annihilate Cersei because Cersei is the Mad Queen at this point, essentially. But the people on the ground for the Lannister forces... Are, you know, people we like There's Jamie it's bra. Hey, we love those guys now. Yeah. Jamie pushed Bran out the window, but we've forgiven him for that. Everything is good <laughs> now. Um, But, you know, you're so you're kind of rooting for them. And again, just the, you know, the cinematography and the effects in this scene uh, of the, of the dragon fire and Drogon were so Brutal, like watching people burn alive, and they have the shot where there's the the Lannister forces, like they're on fire and they're trying to get into the lake so that they can put their fire out. And one guy rips his his helmet off, and you see his face is melting. He looks like Deadpool without his without his mask on, and it's just it, it's so visceral. And then you see the other shots where you know these people burn, and then you watch their ashes blow away in the wind. Like it, it's insane. So that and, and you know we've been treating Danny like she's the good guy for so long, but man, when, Bra- when Bron is at the scorpion gun, I was rooting for Braun. I'm like, sh- shoot that motherfucker, like kill the dragon down with Drogon, like end this now. Um, and so again, you don't really know who to root for. And I think Tyrion felt the same way. I think Tyrion was, uh, was the audience in this regard because he's watching, uh, you know, he's used to the rules of battle, and, uh, Dothraki and dragons don't really follow the rules of battle. And, uh, so he, he, uh, he wasn't really sure what to, what to think of it either. But yeah, that, that's what made, I think, this battle stand out for me. Um, compared to Battle of the Bastards, where very clearly we wanted John and Sansa to win. Hard Home, very clearly we wanted John and the, and Tormund and, and the, uh, other, uh, Knights Watchmen to escape. Um, even, I, even, uh, the one from earlier this season, we very much wanted Yara and Theon to beat Euron. Um, or, uh, season four again, I think, uh, maybe we were sympathetic to Mance and Egret, but we were still probably rooting most, for the most part for, for John and, and, and Pip and Gren and, and Sam and, uh, Ed. Um, so it, it's a, it, it was an intense battle in, in, in that, in that regard. Uh, and, and yeah, but let's talk about, let's talk about Danny. She burned them all like that. That was uh, that was pretty. That was pretty brutal. She was. Is she the villain of this story?
0: You could argue, yes, yes, <laughs> because when you think about all of the characters, the types of characters that had pleaded with Danny not to do it, the likes of Tyrion and Jon they're all characters that people love and they like them because of their philosophies and values and, and a lot of them have been there saying don't do it because it will mean you're you're emulating what your father and all your, your predecessors did before you mm-hmm. and it was brutal and it was like you said it was so conflicting though because when you think about also what the Lannisters did particularly last episode and well actually this whole season really and, and Cersei I think was yeah, you know, sort of personifies that. You, know, you are sort of torn between a little bit. And I, the thing is with Danny's character, I understand where she's coming from because what she's done, she's arrived, she's arrived on Westeros she's done nothing else other than stay in one particular place, and uh, and she's lost every battle that she's participated in, basically. Uh-huh. So 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 where does that leave her? It leaves her in her mind in a desperate situation. And people in desperate situations, I think, are the worst opponents to face because they feel like they've got every Well, yeah. they feel like they've got nothing to lose, actually, whereas the opposite feels like they've got everything to lose. Okay. Uh, they're, they're very much on the defensive in that sense. Um, but there you go. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be topsy turvy, this though, because if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure Jamie was like, "Well, this dast of the gold or whatever's gone into King's Landing." So. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the other. So thing. So the Iron Bank has got what it wants.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. So the gold made it into King's Landing. So Drogon was burning the food. Have these guys forgot that winter is coming? That they forgot it? Like John is there, warning her. Like. The White Walkers are coming. The the Long Night is coming. The worst winter we've ever experienced is coming. And he, he's showing her proof. He's showing her, you know, that, that he's, he takes her into the cave and he shows her the drawings. And, and he's, it seems like he's getting through to her that, that this threat is real. And yet, what does she burn? She burns the food the thing that's going to keep her people alive if she wants to be loved by the people that is not the way to do it that is that is not a good uh that's not good practice there danny uh i i was uh i was pretty shocked because at first i thought oh she's burning the gold but then uh i saw it pointed out no the gold made it into king's landing so the iron bank is fine it's the food and yeah if if this is gonna be the longest winter to date uh eh, it's not a good not a good sign for uh the people of the seven kingdoms now we could be overthinking it this may be something that the show kinda uh breezes past and doesn't really spend all that much time focusing on but it's still uh it's still pretty uh pretty shocking that that that, that danny was uh, you know her strategy seems to be be beloved by the people, so she winds up burning all the food. Um, it's uh it's an it's an interesting strategy, <laughs> interesting strategy. Um, but yeah, she definitely felt very villain esque in this episode, which is not how we've come to uh, come to expect this character to behave. Although maybe we should have. You know, she's uh, more than once she's said. We'll, well let's do this and it's some brutal solution i mean she burned one of the uh, former slavers back in season five just to make a point um she wanted to put the masters up on uh she wanted to crucify all the masters and put them along the road after that's what they did to the slaves um which i mean those guys probably deserved it but you know uh that's still a pretty brutal uh response and uh she did burn all of the, uh, the Dothraki leaders alive last season. Let's not forget that. Um, so, you know, she does have, she does have a tendency at times to be very, um, to, to really use, uh, excessive force or, or great amounts of force, uh, when other people are suggesting, yeah, maybe, maybe not do that. Maybe don't, uh, don't do that one. Um, And it seems that's going to be a plot point next week based on, uh, based on the next time trailer. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's an interesting one. Let's talk about Jamie in this battle. Um, well, Jamie in the episode, we'll go back before the battle because he seems, it it definitely seems like what Olena said to him before she died has kind of, kind of, it's kind of messing with his head. He, he definitely seemed very short with, uh, with Bronn. Like he didn't he didn't really want to There have been other times when Braun has kind of gone all brawn <laughs> on Jamie uh and uh and and Jamie's kind of played along with it. This time he didn't really seem to have the patience for it. Um how much do you think what Olena said to him about Joffrey is weighing down on, I was weighing uh, weighing down on his mind and what and 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 what does that mean? Is he thinking about does does is he thinking about exonerating Tyrion, or is he just, or is he mad that he let the woman who killed his son, uh, go without pain? Is or is he thinking maybe I should have listened to Cersei, um, maybe I should have let her be, um, not scalped the the what's the thing flayed flayed um, uh, that's what that's what um the Boltons do, um, what what do you think is is going through his mind in this episode?
0: I um, sort of think that, uh, well, I think Jamie's sort of character really is is, is ever an increasingly difficult one to read, really. Um, I mean, he's definitely pissed off, let's be honest, at the start of this episode, and understandably so. And he clearly doesn't to really bring it up because, well, I mean, I still wonder how much I mean, I feel like Bron should pretty much know everything about Jamie's story by this point, but you never know. And uh, although, although I do think that Bron was sort of hitting on being like, oh, you know, Lady Fort Faw- or, you know, Elena Tyrell sort of had the last word in, in the little spat or whatever you had at the end before she died, which was true. But um, I, I just, I don't know with Jamie. I just, I, like, in, even in this episode, I was thinking, for one moment, I thought at the end, actually, yeah, he could, he could probably die. Like, even though we've been so like, him and Cersei's fate is entwined, at, because of what happened in the previous episode, it was like, fuck, yeah. yeah if, he, if he goes, him, he, yeah. I, I thought generally at the end, I was like, fuck, he's he's gonna die. Yeah, well, yeah. Him <laughs> charging,
1: him charging, Danny and Drogon is almost like a suicidal move. Like there's, he has to know. There's no way he can kill the dragon. Um, but he 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 could have conceivably killed Danny, although that would have been odd, uh, considering everything that's been tied to her um, in terms of the broader story. But if if, yeah. if just in universe for a second, it, he could have killed her. But there's no way he was going to survive that. If even if he even if he he got the spear through her head or her chest, um, Drogon was gonna. Gonna burn him no matter what, or maybe eat him or something. Uh, and so, you know, Braun jumping in there to save him was definitely his, uh, his, his, his best case scenario. Uh, but yeah, it, it, def- it felt like it was a bit of like a suicide move. Like he, he, he thought he was gonna die. And maybe with that new information and, and just, you know, trying, he's been trying to rationalize everything with, with Cersei for, for this entire season, I think. And so to have him rat trying to rationalize things and having this new information, maybe it was just too much for him and he, he saw an opportunity to, to get out, to get out. Um, and maybe he probably wasn't thinking this, but had he died killing Daenerys Targaryen, that probably would have been pretty good for his name too. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a, it was an interesting choice and we'll see the, uh, the consequences of it next week. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we should uh, I think we should have a look at the next time trailer. Have you have you, have you seen that yet, Karen?
0: Yes, I have.
1: All right. Well, for those who uh, who've forgotten how it goes, here's the audio.
0: I'm not here to murder. Bend the knee and join me, or refuse and die. You need to find a way to make her listen. Whatever stands in our way. We will defeat him. Franz saw the Night King and his army marching towards Eastwatch. But things are coming.
1: All right, so that's for season seven, episode five. Uh, a lot of stuff in there. As we as we mentioned earlier, you do hear uh, Varys saying to Tyrion, "You know, you gotta you gotta find a way to get through to her because I think they both realize." Uh, that what they, what she did was not right. And I mean, Danny made Varys, uh, promise to hi- to her, uh, at the beginning of the season that, like, if he didn't agree with what she was doing, she would, or he would, uh, he would tell her. He wouldn't try to, he wouldn't plot to overthrow her. Um, but, but what do you think, uh, what do you think, uh, it, it, Tyrion is gonna to have to do how do you think Tyrion is going to be able to reach her if he even is able to reach her?
0: Oh, in my mind it's it's not gonna be that easy, and it, it just shows that there's the, the conflict already between it seems like there's almost two factions forming within Danny's ranks, and I'm not really sure if I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got Tyrion and Varys on one side, and then you've got Danny and well even in this in the last episode there was maybe perhaps uh, when Davos and John were talking about uh, talking with Miss yeah
1: about
0: whether she has the right to leave or not and John was like you know do you actually believe that you can just leave mm-hmm. I don't know maybe, maybe that could be an interesting interesting thing to think about because you never really if, if your top advisors say they want to leave do you just let them leave I don't I don't think you do do you so it's 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 a conflict of interest, but uh, clearly Tyrion doesn't agree with what Danny's done, and uh, maybe what Danny's looking to do going forward. Yeah, it's a sort of, you know, in a way, it's, it maybe it seems a player revolution where you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll offer you all freedom, but you know, if, if you don't, then I'm going to kill every one of you. Uh-huh. It's not really, you're not really offering freedom, then are you? You're just, you're know, only given one option, which is to avoid death.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's pretty clear from his, his expression as she's, you know, talking to, uh, the survivors of this battle slash mass, massacre, um, that he is not entirely comfortable with what's going on. And, and somebody else who may not be entirely comfortable with what's going on is John. We see, um, we see Danny's return to Dragonstone on, uh on uh on drogon's back and she seems to uh, john seems to be there to greet both of them there's the great shot of him looking up at her on the dragon um it'll be interesting to see how he feels about her now after what after uh what uh what she just did uh any thoughts on where you think the john and danny relationship is going
0: um, I don't think much more happened now, to be honest. I think John's going to go back up north. I think that's the whole point of Brian's letter uh, or whatever you said, the Teddy Tree, Tree mail. Tree that's Man, it. yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it shows that... Yeah, and also, if we... If it's, Hands a bit darker. If you add what we've seen in other trailers as well, it's, it's pretty obvious that John's going back up north. Well, yeah. If <laughs> so i, I we've only got three episodes left, for God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. going to happen soon. Oh, I definitely. Think, I think this is it, and then they'll come back next season and, and sort of reun- have a reunion. Ne- yeah. This was necessary, I think, to lay the foundations, but I think John's going to, le- once that letter comes, it's like, no, I need to go back up north. You know, I've pissed about too much here. I've, I know I've got my Dragon Glass, let's go yeah i Uh, I definitely want to help is basically what's going to happen Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i agree but i i'm just i'm more wondering what their like interpersonal relationship will be obviously you know the show seems to be setting up some kind of romantic entanglements uh whether or not whether or not the show actually follows through on that we'll see um but i'm more curious about whether or not they uh You know, what John will think of Danny as he's leaving? Does he see her as a necessary evil, a means to an end to, to take out the White Walkers? Or does he still see her as a potential strong ally, somebody who he would be okay with if she was on the Iron Throne, somebody who, you know, as long as she as long as she doesn't make him actually actually bend the knee or as long as they can find some sort of working agreement, he'll, he'd be fine with her uh, with supporting her on the throne. Um, I, I, that's more what I'm wondering about is, is where they're going in, in that regard. If, if, uh, it, how they're going to part this, are they going to part as enemies? Are they going to part as cautious allies? Are they going to part as friends? Are they going to part as something more? Um, and, and, uh, I, I'm really interested to see not only Tyrion's reaction to that uh, to that battle massacre, uh, but also Jon's because he gave, like we said, he gave very similar advice. Don't just show up and burn and melt castles. Now, granted, she only burned an army, but you know those armies are mostly made up of the common folk, and the common folk, if if your husband or father or brother or, or sibling or whoever was burned alive in in a by a dragon in a battle um you're probably not going to want to support the woman who was sitting on the dragon's back when it happened
0: no definitely agree with that so um wait and see then. Yeah. Not long. Not, not well, well, it is now. Week away. <laughs> week away to the next episode yeah, compared yeah, to the last time we recorded yeah, this. But, um, <laughs> exciting times ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, then, and the uh, the other bit, the other, there's two other things. Before we talk about the North, um, we do see Cersei talking to Kyburn. And, and and that's the other person we got to get a reaction from. And and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. But yeah, uh, in the North, uh, John gets the the tree mail, or maybe he gets just a regular letter from Bran. I would think, in order for him to believe uh, that Bran is having visions, he would have to see Bran through some sort of time space continuum breakage thing that may happen. Uh, and 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 clearly, uh, whatever happens between John and Danny, they're still at the uh, that the uh, at the planning uh, planning table there. Uh, I think we we probably agree on this. Uh John's got ahead uh got ahead north like you said we see it in the other trailers and uh yeah so I, I what do you think the terms are that him and him and Danny leave on or could perhaps I don't know I'm still hoping I still want her to go north. I don't think it's going to happen but I think uh but what do you think those terms are going to be? How it's going to be when they go?
0: So it would be one of, it would be a very interesting term. Well, I'm just it, it was. It was. I think this episode that we just had, when John showed Danny the sort of story almost behind the White Walkers with the children, and the, and then and, and the paintings inscribed and, and on those rocks. It was, to me, that was to, to Yeah, that 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 was the moment where Danny could have switched and she didn't. So I think that whatever happens now is, it's going to be too late. Yeah. Danny's firm focus remains on the Iron Throne. And it also has to be, in a way, because surely for the security of both her and John, they can't have Cersei as the, uh, as the Queen. Yeah. Because she will just want to kill you.
1: Uh, yeah
0: <laughs> And you can't fight a war like that on two fronts. You need mm-hmm. everybody together to defeat the White Walkers. so um, It'd be interesting if they made an alliance on those terms, saying, look, you more can deal with that, I'll, but of being realistic, we have to get rid of Cersei because there's no way that she's going to let us just walk off well and just do our own thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? What's your view on it?
1: Yeah, I think uh I think uh, I think you're right. I think there's there's definitely there's some going. They both are going to have to split, and they're they're obviously going to split. And yeah, I, I think things are going to change before the next time they see each other. There's going to be some big change. In, uh, in, in, how they, uh, they view each other. There's going to be something that I, whether John gains some new information about the, uh, the walkers or Danny, uh, takes over from Cersei or both, uh, could happen. Both, uh, both of those happen. Um, it seems to me that they will have some sort of agreement to meet again in the future. Uh, but by the time that happens, uh, the board will have shifted around again, uh, so completely that who knows what it will be. And that will probably be the, uh, season eight premiere, but, uh, I think that is going to do it for this week. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to, to discuss season seven, episode five. I'll look up the episode title in just a moment. Before we go, just time for final thoughts and score out of ten. Karen, I will throw it to you. Final thoughts, score out of ten on the spoils of war.
0: Well, I wasn't sure that this this episode would be better than the last one, but I'm going to have to give this one a. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> and I know this is an initial reaction after just watching it, but I, I thought it was one of the most flawless episodes of the entire series. I don't know what it was, just every scene just had me on the edge of my seat a little bit, not knowing what was going to happen. Like you said, there were so many reunions which just made it that much more striking. So I think this was a, a solid, solid episode, a great action sequence at the end as well and it's quite nice now to know that we've pretty much seen everything in the trainer so anything more that comes is to be... so that's exciting because I know there's going to be there's got to be at least one big battle one big episode battle this season and it's going to be King's Landing that's my view although there is that small part of the North but we'll see um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting I'll tell you what I think uh I, if I had given this episode nine point five I might regret it because I think they're gonna be a number of ten out of tens for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but go on, what's your view on the final well the final on the fourth episode of season seven?
1: Yeah, I definitely uh definitely gonna give the same score as you nine point five because I I just I, I'm giving it a nine point five because as great as it was and as almost flawless as it was, I hope it can still be topped. You know, I, I hope that there's still uh, they've still got uh, another ace up their sleeve to play, whether it's the night, uh, whether it has something to do with the Night's King or the White Walkers or with the, like you said, King's Landing. I hope there's one more, uh, there's one more card to be played here, and that we haven't seen it all uh, by the time of episode four. So yeah, nine Five is what i'm going with but yeah just a, a fantastic episode really really uh, good action those reunions were were interesting i would have been happy with this episode if they hadn't had the battle scene that's how that's how good there was that's how good it was it would have been a solid eight out of ten i think if it had just been characters reuniting uh so i i, I can't uh, I, it, it's a it, if it's if this were the finale we may be giving it a 10 out of 10 but because there's still three episodes to go uh we're hoping that there is uh still more uh more to be seen and more to be said about this season so that's it we'll be back next week for uh season seven episode five east watch that's the title east watch east watch by the sea that's the castle that's where the knight's king and his army is making their way to and uh some characters we haven't seen in a couple episodes, they need to pop up again. Where's, what's up with the Brotherhood without banners? What are they doing? We know they're in some big battle in the snow. They need to show up sooner or later. So uh, maybe we'll revisit those guys uh, next uh, next episode. But yeah, lots and lots to look forward to next week. Um, and then we'll be back then to talk about it. So in between shows, if you want to keep up with the show, want to get in touch with us, you can uh, follow us on social media. Uh, like The Watchers of Westeros on Facebook. Actually, I don't think we have The on Facebook. So just like Watchers of Westeros on Facebook. Uh, we're at Watcher Westeros on Twitter. Twitter, uh, I'm at Dominic J25. Kieran is at C Duggan6. Uh, we do have an email address. I know people have asked about this. Uh, we haven't checked it in a while, so there may be some great emails in there. Uh, but if you want to send us an email, it's watchersofwesteros at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget to uh, subscribe in iTunes. Uh, and uh, if you like the show, do leave us a five star review. Uh, you can uh, hear my other podcast, The Star Wars Underworld, by going to starwarsunderworld.com or searching for Star Wars Underworld in iTunes or Google Play. Uh, that's a weekly Star Wars talk show. We record them live Thursday nights east at 9 p.m. Eastern on channel 1138.com and then release them pretty much immediately thereafter. And uh, there's always plenty going on with Star Wars. We have just talked a lot about Comic-Con and D23 in the last couple of weeks and who knows what uh, what else could come up in the next little while? So do check that out, StarWarsUnderworld.com. And uh, we're part of the Radio Free Podcasting Network. Uh, lots and lots of great shows can be found by going to RadioFreePodcasting.com. There's shows like Geek Radio, How's Annie for all of you Twin Peaks fans, Hollywood and Vine, Amateur Pod, Radio Free Mandalore, uh, John in 60 Seconds, and so much more. So that's RadioFreePodcasting.com. That's it. We'll be back next week for Eastwatch. Thank you all so much for listening. So long for now.
0: So wrap.